Alrighty, we're going to start this over again. Uh, had a weird hiccup in my internet, uh, but just f- sorted that out. Um, so anyways, welcome back. I'm going to edit that first 30 seconds out um, when we uh, when this whole thing gets processed. But hey, welcome back to the video. My name's Jeff Fagan, and uh, I guess I'm just going to start over. But uh, this is a live video. Uh, I am here today talking about the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K and kind of the process and having it for over the past uh, three months and kind of my likes, dislikes, uh, and pretty much why I switched to the Pocket 4K over the GH5, which has been pretty much my workhorse uh, DSLM uh, mirrorless camera for the past year, year and a half. Um, so my journey with the black magic cameras started with the original pocket which we're actually streaming live from right now um i really liked it it had some quirks uh mainly it was not besides the battery life it was not very quick to use to change the shutter and the iso uh you basically had to go into camera menus it wasn't very quick to do so uh after a few years they did what they could to make it more usable but they never quite did uh, things like make the ISO and the shutter speed changeable just right when you're on the camera. Uh, so I ended up switching from the Blackmagic pocket camera to the, uh, I guess, GH4. Uh, and then I used the GH4 for a few years, did a movie on it. And then when the GH5 came out, I switched to the GH5 because of the 10-bit, the battery life, and the ability to do 4K at 60 frames a second. Um so that brings us to today, what which is uh, the Blackmagic Pocket 4K. So I pre-ordered this camera on release uh, from B&H, and I got it the first week of shipments. Uh, and the first thing I noticed right away was battery life. So I, if you looked at my earlier streams, I made a, a DIY cord, and now the cords are actually rel- like very easily available. Um, but I made a cord in order to have a long-term battery um, performance uh, from different sources, from battery truce, uh, V-lock batteries to like little um, cell phone type batteries that output a 12 volt, uh, 12 volt. Um, and that kind of got around some of my issues. Uh, after having the camera for three months, I've used it for four different projects. And off the bat, the color science and the screen have been amazing for me just because color science, obviously, the colors just look great. Um, and with the screen, it's made me be able to be a little bit more compact than I thought I would be able to with being able to hold the camera in certain situations, even on the tripod, not being able to have to rig another big monitor because the monitor is so big on the back of that thing. Um, so I've really enjoyed that. Sorry. Going uh going on the notifications here. I'll pull up the chat right here. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed um, being able to have the big monitor, being able to have the dual ISOs, um, and also being able to not only put my own LUTs on the camera, but be able to actually burn them in if you need to. Uh, that was something really cool that you were able to do on the Atomos products that I did a lot when I was using the GH4 and the GH5, where I'd put my custom LUTs and burn them in to save time for certain projects. Um, the Pocket lets you do that. Um, the one thing after using it, um, when I was using the GH5, I did a lot more handheld work than I cared to admit. 
so one of the things I noticed after I'd say like two weeks, um, the IBIS, um, using my Sigma 18 to 35 with the IBIS, I definitely got some more smooth handheld shots than I am on the black magic. Um, but what that actually forced me to do was I went out and I got a, uh, a little cheap, uh, 14 to 42 Lumix lens. It's not professional by any means, but it had IS and I did it to kind of experiment to see how well the IS works. If you're just relying on IS on the lens versus the IBIS. And it was actually pretty decent, um, for vloggy type stuff. Not that this is a vlogging camera by any means, but it, I got some, some cool results. Um, so after three months, one of the things I guess I want to say is if you want to stabilize this thing and you don't want to put this thing on uh, a Ronin uh, or Ronin S, any kind of stabilizer, you're going to need an image stabilized lens, but it is possible to kind of get that handheld feel. Now, the downside is you're going to have to get a lot of batteries and I, you've probably heard this to death, but basically the, the batteries that come with the... Uh, that come with the camera, they have been the best that I've used so far as, as far as uh, the life of the battery. They've given me about 45 minutes-ish of power, for, and they've also given me less issues uh, as far as plugging external power uh, with the battery still in. I've had issues with some of my third-party batteries where if I plug external power into the camera, the camera will shut off, uh, and that only happens with third-party batteries right now. Um, so there's little quirks that you have to deal with. Um, and if you don't have the time to deal with these little quirks and kind of learn how the camera works, uh, I would recommend maybe not, not buying the camera, but keeping uh, a DSLR or another cinema camera on hand to use as kind of primary as you're learning the ins and outs of this camera. Um, other than that, from the GH5, I mean, the GH5 was great to be able to have handheld. Um, the file sizes were much smaller, but they were also much more compressed. Um, and I and I'm, do miss that with the GH5, as the file sizes are much bigger on this camera. But my computer handles it much better. Um, one of the things that I really like is the ability to do the HFR, uh, which the GH5 didn't have. Not that you couldn't slow things down in post, but... Um, I noticed when I play footage on my computer, I'm using a uh, MacBook Pro 15-inch um, with a 2-gigabyte NVIDIA graphics card. It was basically the last year they put NVIDIA graphics cards in the MacBook Pro. Um, and I noticed it, it, it's been handling 4K great for years, um, but typically the 4K I've been giving it has all been 4K 25, uh, 24p, 25p, 30p. I've never really had... Uh, well, I've had 4K 60p, but it's been off the GH5, which was compressed, and it handled it pretty decently. But now, with this high bitrate 4K 60 from the Blackmagic Pocket, I notice it's starting to not be able to play back at full resolution. Um, but most of the time when I'm filming 4K 60, it's just for that slow-mo aspect. So one of the cool things, like I said with HFR, is I can now, at 24p, uh, put the 60p there in HFR, so basically it plays the 60p at 24p, and everything plays in slow-mo. And I notice on my computer, because it's technically 24p, playing a 24p, it's able to handle it much better. And like I said, most of the time when I'm filming in 60p, it's to get that slow-mo anyways. 
So it's definitely been a help on my computer as far as processing power and being able to see things in real time. Um, another quirk that I had on the camera was I noticed as you have LUT support, the LUT support not only shows when you're physically looking at the live view of the camera, but the LUT support actually stays on when you're looking at clips um, when you're doing playback. So uh, one of the things that tripped me out was uh, I burned in a few of my clips one day uh, just for like a fun family shoot. Uh, I was filming something with my sister and I just wanted to give her the footage to have fun with. Um, and when I went back and looked in the footage on the camera, it looked really messed up. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I shouldn't be burning in this footage. I, I don't really understand what's going on here. And then yesterday, uh, I went into the camera and I noticed basically that the LUT sign was still on when you hit the playback button. So if you burn in your footage uh, with the LUT, you have to remember that when you go to play it back, if you're playing it back in camera, you have to turn the the uh, LUT support off because it's going to play with the LUT already burned in. So that was a, a fun little uh, fun little tip. Uh, other than that, uh, fun experiences I've had with the camera uh, compared to the preamps on the GH5. The, uh, the Blackmagic preamps seem to be much better than the GH5, and that is huge for me because when I bought the GH5, I did a lot of action sports, uh, an event type of work. And now I'm transitioning more into documentaries. Uh, I'm doing a lot of corporate work and I'm doing a little bit of narrative work. And in pretty much every single scenario, audio is key. Now for years I've been using, it's out of frame and I'm actually using it right now, but it's the, the zoom H four N I've been using that as my audio mixer. Um, so it added a little bit of bulk, but it's been the way to capture everything. Now I'm able to put uh, whether it's my wireless la uh, lav set or um, XLR in into the camera directly and directly input the levels and monitor it. And I was a little skeptical at first, especially because I had to go get this. Over here. I had to go get this fun little uh, dongle for XLR mini to XLR. And uh, one of the issues I had with my wireless kit on the GH5 is I noticed every once in a while you'd hear like crackling. Um, never really got it on any of my shotgun mics, uh, or when I had a, a lav directly plugged into the GH5, uh, but I had it on the wireless and it, it made me think for a while, I, it was a, it's a Sennheiser wireless system. It made me think something was weird with the system. Uh, and then I used it directly plugged into my zoom one day. didn't have that. So then I plugged it directly into the black magic. All of a sudden those issues were gone. Um, and I'm, I'm able to, to play with the levels a lot easier than on the GH5 because, as you guys may know, the preamps aren't the best, as I mentioned earlier. So you typically have to bring the audio levels down a lot in order to get the cleanest sound possible. Um, so I guess where it boils down to with the Black Magic, um, if you're doing the type of work that it's a uh, certain type of work, whether it's narrative, uh, documentary, uh, you can do run and gun. The camera can be usable in all the scenarios. It can even be usable in vlogging, although I wouldn't recommend it because of the no tilting screen. But um, there's workarounds. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, 
do you want to do these workarounds in order to use this camera? Is image quality and 10 bit and raw recording, is that important to you? And is that more important than ease of use? And if that is, then the black magic is the camera for you. Um, to me, the, the audio quality and the video quality and the screen, um, that is what's most important to me. So I'm happy with the black magic. I have seen people though on the forums that are regretting it a little bit. Uh, and to them, I would say, listen, if, if you get, if you're using a Sony camera, if you're using a Panasonic, uh, the GH series camera, if you're happy with what you're getting and you're transitioning over to the black magic and you're just not happy with, with how much setup time it takes, uh, to do what, whatever you need to do, I would say I would stick with the mirrorless at least for now. Uh, do I think some firmware fixes are coming to the black magic to fix some of the issues? hundred percent. Um, but as we saw with the original black magic, we don't know how long that's going to take right now. N uh, like I said before, none of these issues are affecting me enough to want to jump ship. Uh, I'm, I'm loving all the footage I'm getting from the camera. Um, if you check this channel, I did a little test when I first got the camera. I also uh, just came out with a an action sports video that I shot with the Blackmagic uh, Pocket 4K. I shot with my GH5, and I shot it with the Mavic Pro 2. Uh, and it was great to kind of mix them all together and see kind of which uh, how each compares to each other. Uh, and it's funny because a lot of my friends who are not video inclined, they were able to pick right away the GH5 clips versus the uh, Blackmagic clips. Um, but it was, it was cool to kind of put them all together. Um, so again, I know this was kind of out of nowhere, uh, to do this stream. Uh, but I wanted to, to, to kind of do a fix. I did a live stream yesterday talking about it, but, uh, something came up during the middle of the stream and I ended up cutting it off after a few minutes. Uh, and as when I first started this stream, there was weird internet issues, which got sorted the second I restarted my router. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to do more of these. I typically want to do them Mondays at 6 p.m. So if you guys are interested in kind of talking black magic, uh, I want to do this segment Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel. So give a subscribe if you want to uh, kind of keep up with what we're doing. And I kind of like doing these live videos more than kind of doing these whole prepared uh, videos with live. Uh, I will do some prepared videos, but they're going to be very separate from the live videos. And in the live videos, we may talk about them. And I will put links in the description of the videos we speak about um, after the video is done if it wasn't planned before. Um, other than that, trying to think uh, what what else I've experienced with using the Blackmagic. Uh, definitely been using the SD card the most. Um I haven't really been shooting raw that much. It's pretty much been all ProRes, so I haven't really needed um, to use a CFast card. I have an SSD setup that I can shoot raw. Um, I haven't, but I have used the SSD setup as far as filming the interviews for the corporate and documentary work just because uh, I'm filming in 422, sometimes LT, and regardless, I need that high, uh, that high storage in order to film longer than an hour. Uh, I think the longest I filmed, I was on a 480 gigabyte card and I filmed for about two hours continuously in 422 uh, and I had no issue, um, no issue whatsoever as far as um, going through all the way. I have the camera set up to where the second a frame drops, the recording stops and it went through the whole way, it looked through the footage, it looked great. 
Um, so it is good to know that this thing, if you have the right media, will constantly record for you. Um, so the, the camera's been a blast to use. Uh, it's been an interesting journey kind of figuring out its quirks, but overall I've been happy with what I've been getting. Um, and I'm sure you'll hear more soon. Um, starting in January, a lot of the projects I've been working on, I'll actually be able to show you guys cause they'll be out. Um, and there's some cool ones coming up. Uh, I just rather not show you guys the footage until it's out. Everything's been graded as I'm not doing the grading and I'm not doing the editing on them. I was strictly a DP. Um, but I'd like to show you guys the finished project and kind of, uh, hear your guys' opinions, see what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, on what we're doing, uh, especially with the black magic. Uh, I know this was kind of early in the day, so if you guys have any questions after this video has already been posted, post it down in the comments, uh, and I'll be happy to not only respond to them, but if you guys have any uh, questions that I should talk about on video, I'll talk about it in the next live stream next Monday. Um, otherwise... That's it for today. Thank you guys for watching the video, and I'm hoping to crank more of these out as I have time, and I'll see you guys next time on the YouTube.